Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthie. Hello, Holden. Back from the honeymoon, I fell off a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) Yep, going about three miles per hour. We were doing a horse ride at uh, Yellowstone, and my saddle kept kind of like tilting off to the side, and I turned it yank it back over and that's like I had, I had never been on a horse before this was my first time sure. my horse's name was mud um with two d's <laughs> yeah, with two D's. <laughs> who ironically did not like to walk in mud oh um, okay that was interesting but it kept sliding and eventually we started going up this hill and i'm like oh crap i'm i'm out and uh <laughs> luckily it had rained earlier and the, the ground was like very soft and kind of muddy. So I landed and I could kind of prepare for it, but the, basically the saddle just like slid off. So it must <laughs> not have been tied on there very tightly. And I just was like, oh, and I, I landed perfectly fine. I knew instantaneously that I was okay, but poor Emily was behind me. She was actually a couple horses behind me because we got separated when they were doing the lineup oh, okay. to get out. And uh, so she kind of saw it, but I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay. But they, she, they, they kept the line moving while they <laughs> resaddled my horse, and they're like, I, do you want to get back on? And I was like, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> I'm having a good time, um, even though I fell off. I'm completely okay. And Did you honestly, get the scariest part. No, I was wearing a jacket. It's just a little, little on there, but it, it really wasn't that dirty or anything. Okay. Uh, the horse was a little spooked at first, but he settled down and got back on there. And we rejoined him later. The scariest part was actually we had to go past this bison who was just chilling in this field. And bison can run 30 miles per hour, Holden. And they weigh a ton. Deal. <laughs> I can drive faster than that. 2,000 pounds. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah, like, if this huge. bison just starts charging us. I don't know how to ride a horse. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not going to end well for me. Um, but it didn't. And uh, all is well that ends well, Holden. But that's my uh, funny story. So <laughs> I'm the guy who fell off a horse. It was kind of funny because going up. Three miles an hour. We, we were kind of like a little nervous. Emily had ridden a horse just kind of in a circle before at a friend's house. So we were both kind of nervous. I'm like, Emily, it's it's going to be fine. Like 10-year-olds do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was fun. I felt like I was in Red Dead Redemption, Olden. Nice. Listen nice. Did, to you have a, the, did you have a hat? No, I, I didn't. I had a helmet. So I didn't oh. look quite as cool as Arthur Morgan uh, or J- Jack, John Marston, John Marston. And then yeah, um, Marston. I did listen to the True Detective season one theme song as we were driving through. Oh my god! Yellowstone. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Very fitting. All the stuff, Hayden Valley, and whatnot. It was really cool. More about that and what are you doing? We got a full show, Holden. What do we got this week? Yeah, uh, so we have a great episode for you this week featuring our views of the latest two episodes of Better Call Saul. I'm finally caught up, so we're going to be doing this uh, these new episodes here. Uh, and then also the Jordan Peele movie, Nope. And the Netflix movie, <laughs> did you watch this one? I didn't watch it. You didn't? <laughs> okay, I guess we're not reviewing that. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> I thought we were. Okay, I can give my quick thoughts on it. But, well, uh, I, we, I, you know what? I think we might have an open week next week, so maybe we can do it then. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, otherwise, I 
Okay, well, we can talk about we this. Have, what are we should have coordinated this better. Anyway, this is going to be a long episode anyway, so we can just save it for next week. Let's just do that. All right. Um, let's uh, let's hit the show then, huh? That one movie podcast. Stomp. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Oh, gee. Good thing there's no news this week, Holden, huh? The Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. All right, which trailer are we going to start off with, Holden? Uh, let me uh, yeah, let me just say, Jimmy, I apologize for not watching The Gray Man. I, I guess I just kind of assumed since Nope was coming that we'd rather see that. But uh, I okay. was under the impression <laughs> that we were watching both. It is good to be the person who... It's good to be the person who didn't forget to watch it this time. Yeah, yeah. we It's been, it's been flipped around before. But anyway, yeah. trailers... Uh, first up, let's talk about that Halloween kills or that. No, I said I wrote it down as Halloween kills, uh, but it's Halloween ends. It the ends, Halloween ends tonight, Holden. Yeah. Uh, ends evil, tonight. evil doesn't die tonight, according to this trailer, because apparently it died in the last movie, but uh, it didn't really. Uh, what did you think of this trailer? It's a I little think this short movie trailer. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one I, minute trailer. I enjoyed Halloween 2018 for what it was. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like that movie. I had a fun time. I have not seen it since. It's probably not as good as I remember it being. I enjoyed it on second watch still. But. Halloween Kills was garbage. Mm-hmm. Just throw it in a garbage bag into a furnace, <laughs> light it up, and I've forgotten what happens. They all they beat him up, but then he's just not dead. But then dead. he gets up. And then yeah. he kills like a dozen people. And he kills the mom? I Right? Yes. At the end? <laughs> I don't remember. I think that, that he kills Judy Greer. I think that's what happens at the end of that movie. Judy Greer. I was thinking of Pam Greer for a second. I was like, oh. Um I'm sure, Holden. I'll I'll give <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I'm not gonna rewatch it. Um that one poor mental hospital patient. That's that was literally the only other thing I could think of. I was about to mention that. I can't think of anything else about that movie. And he doesn't kill the baby, right? Maybe that's we're the movie. real monsters. No, oh. the baby's the first movie. That's the first movie? Yeah. Is there not like a oneer in this one, or is that the first movie? That's the first movie. Oh. Well, that's we why that movie is is better <laughs> there's more interesting things in that movie <laughs> um yeah this movie looks bad i think i have no confidence in them after halloween kills we'll see what happens and they were filmed back to back so it's probably about the same level of quality <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> worked for the lord of the rings we'll see what happens here at least this movie will go somewhere whereas the last one just did not go anywhere Mm-hmm. Um and don't stick your hand down a uh, garbage disposal, so that yeah. would not not feel good. Nope. So he understands how garbage disposals work, though. Pretty impressive. Yeah, he's his intelligence seems to be fluctuating. Um, 
good good for him though he's learning household appliances (laughs) (laughs) all right i don't i okay confession i i don't know what a garbage disposal is actually used for like what do you do with it what do you mean it like it clears off like any food that like goes down the drain okay like instead of clogging it okay i mean but you know you don't intentionally put things in there do you no okay good because i'm like are you supposed (laughs) to put things in there no, you're not supposed to put a, a hand down the garbage disposal, Jimmy. Oh, well, I already my- did, Olden. <laughs> you should have told me that. Um, so, uh, Bombadil for me. Yeah, I, I'll give it a Bombadil, too. Um, not off to a good start, but... Hey, uh, we'll- it could only exceed my expectations at this That's point. true. That's true. <laughs> I feel like we're in a great place. That's you know what it and the fact that it was filmed back to back maybe all the plot is was saved for this movie and that last one was just a, it was a fluke maybe we'll see. maybe <laughs> <laughs> probably not anyway uh, next up I wanted to talk about that Oppenheimer trailer um, very short thing not even released on the internet yet this was only shown uh, p- before Nope um, but yeah it's it, not much was there but what do you think of it Jimmy. It looks like a big Christopher Nolan thing. There's lots of, there's time involved. There's time. Imagine that. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's like, oh, in this much time, things are going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for this non-linear storytelling that he's going to do, probably. Yeah. It'll probably be it. like, oh, it's after, like, this movie starts and the bomb has gone off. And then I can't wait for some, like, time and- I can't wait for some crucial dialogue to be happening underneath the sound <laughs> of the bomb exploding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is. God, that, I hate that, Tenet. <laughs> that is, uh, that was really funny, Holden. You fi- it's been like 160 episodes. and Yeah, that was I think a genuine was laugh your, from you. I think that was your best joke yet <laughs> <laughs> because it it's it's accurate. Yeah. Um, that's, that's hilarious. Uh, I think it, you know, cool trailer, lots of big smoke. I like that. Uh, so I'll give that a Broca, I guess. Yeah, broke. It was a nice little teaser trailer. I I think I had heard it was happening beforehand, but it still caught me off guard when I saw it in the theaters. Especially since I uh, saw it off where I was at vacation. Uh, I saw Nope there, and that theater doesn't play as many trailers as like the ones in Sioux Falls do. So I was like, oh yeah, this is one of like three trailers. <laughs> I had like seven trailers. Oh, really? I was like, oh my gosh! And then I remembered, I think there's supposed to be a, an Oppenheimer trailer before this, and it came on. I'm like, jeez. <laughs> Good thing they ended with that yeah. one that I actually wanted to see. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, other trailers. Now we're moving on to stuff that was revealed kind of at Comic-Con, trailers that were shown there. Um, we There were a lot of trailers shown. We're kind of condensing it just to ones that we hadn't seen before anything about because there was like She-Hulk, there was Black Adam, there's a bunch of other stuff, whatever. Let's just do movies that we haven't seen anything about. And first off, we'll start with the uh, Dungeons & Dragons movie uh, trailer, Honor Among Thieves. Chris Pine, uh, he's a bard, funny bard guy. Uh, what do you think of this trailer? I think this movie could be a fun time. I <laughs> think the cast looks like it's having fun. Who is making this movie again? Uh, oof. Yeah, what studio? I don't. I mean, remember. the people, me... like the cre- the directors, writers. Oh, yeah. Let me let me look up real quick. I Sorry. I while well, you're doing that, I just wanted to say that uh, Chris Pine 
he's just got that charisma, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking the other day, I'm like, wouldn't it be great if Chris Pine like played a villain? And then I remembered that that don't worry, darling movie is coming out. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess he will be. That'll be interesting to see him in that. That also got a new trailer. Don't really remember it. it seemed pretty um, similar to the first one, but did you get it pulled up here? Holden? Did yeah. I buy so- enough time. So it's Goldstein and Daly, uh, who made Game Night, which we both enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also co-writers for Spider-Man Homecoming. I, did they write this too? Um, yeah, it, yeah, they wrote and directed it. So yeah, it looks yeah. fun. I mean, looks like a, a nice, fun time. It it uh, took my excitement for this movie, which did not exist, and <laughs> elevated it. So I'll give it a broca. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool. They've got some you know interesting D and D creatures in here. I'm glad it's not like an uber serious fantasy movie because I feel like being a silly like adventure just matches D and D more because those are like the more enjoyable uh, campaigns. I feel just general opinion. Um, you got owl bears, got mimics, got uh, those. Uh, slimes that are alive or whatever yeah i got a lot of them they got black dragons which in this trailer breathe acid as they should very cool um yeah i'm think it there's some people seem to think it's a little too quippy that's kind of some things that i see online but i don't know i think that that matches the tone of of most D campaigns so I think they should uh, make this a lego movie type situation where it turns out that it's just people playing this in real life yeah, didn't is it a thing where they get stuck in a game? Didn't we? They, I mean, we had heard news about this movie before. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was. I don't. Let me see. If but is it one of those? Is, it's like they're playing the game and they get stuck, sort of Jumanji situation. I don't think so. Well, at least the way this trailer plays it, the trailer makes it seem like maybe they are like from that world. But I don't know. And the Wikipedia is not giving me any sort of synopsis, so I don't know exactly. I agree. Looks fun. I am not the resident Dungeons and Dragons expert that you are holding. So I will defer to your expertise. Someone who's played it for six months. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I've watched Stranger Things, so I basically know all about it. Do you think there's going to be a Demogorgon? No, I I was talking with my brother about how... um, like it looks like there's an evil wizard they should just that should just be vecna <laughs> it'd be really funny <laughs> if it's if it was just vecna um i doubt that's the case i feel like even if it was named vecna by chance they'd probably reshoot it like to not name him vecna but we'll did see. you know what vecna was before stranger N- things season four no and okay. i honestly still don't but i think it is <laughs> i think it is like a wizard antagonistic character you can play in D or you can have in D D. From what, I, from what little I know. All right, sweet. Very good. I'll give it a Broca. I think I already said that. Yeah, Broca. Uh, next, we have a little sneak peek for John Wick Chapter 4. A little minute-long trailer thing. What do you think, Jimmy? I thought, boy, it's a lot of the same. <laughs> They're in another <laughs> room with a bunch of weapons and glass. <laughs> and and lights. You know, like yeah. the neon. They're going to break the glass and grab the weapons and do more. But, you know, who cares? I think these movies keep getting better and better. So, sure. Yeah. Uh, I broke up. I, 
Yeah, I thought this trailer looked like a lot of fun. Uh, the nunchuck bit at the end looked good. <laughs> Just beating someone senselessly <laughs> with nunchucks. The over the, I mean, it's really silly, but the fight, I think he's, he's fighting Donnie Yen um, with the swords and the guns. That looks oh, really stupid. It was Donnie Yen. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't double check that, but I saw the comments saying that. So let's hope YouTube comments are a little accurate there. Um, but yeah, that looked really silly and fun. Clancy Brown's there. It looks like he's missing a finger or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good cast. Oh, yeah, Bill Skarsgård looks like he might be the villain. Yeah, I was like, he's. I don't think he's been in one of these before. So yeah, cool. He's, he's a suave looking man. Yeah, he looks, he's a suave eyes. <laughs> yeah, he's a suave man who could be the villain of one of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm very excited. Excited yeah. for next year. Brokaw. Brokaws all around. Good job. John Wick uh, 4, J-Dub Quattro is what they call it. <laughs> uh, trailer 5 of 6. Uh, we have Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Um, what do you think of this, Jimmy? Uh, well, I got to like me some ancient Greek mythology getting pulled in. You know, that's just mm-hmm. catering to my interests. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go Brokaw. I'm still not sold on the whole superhero family thing you're gonna have to convince me it just seems crowded how are you gonna develop all these characters how is mm-hmm. this gonna go in how is shazam unique maybe that's all part of it seems like he's trying to hold the band together um that's what he's telling his pediatrician uh, yeah but there's a dragon in it too i love dragons favorite <laughs> mythical creature so it's really checks so his, boring checks all the boxes for me hold on what's your favorite mythical creature uh, I don't know, something cooler than a dragon. Dragons not, are so generic. It's not boring. It's classic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I I kind of get vibes that this, like, thematically might explore similar things to, like, the new Thor movie, where, like, he's trying to find himself a bit, and, you know, and he's got lots of family elements there. Um, that Thor, the new Thor movie that everybody loved universally. Yep, universally loved. Um but uh, did you did you see the Annabelle cameo they spoiled in the trailer? No. Yeah. So the director David F. Sandberg, who previously yeah. you know, he directed Annabelle the first one. Annabelle creation. Yeah. Uh, there's the bit where the pediatrician is like, yeah, "I'm a pediatrician, whatever," and then he points over and there's like a bunch of dolls, and one of them's Annabelle. <laughs> oh no! I was distracted by the the numbers and letters on the wall. Oh okay. But, yeah, Dang! I missed de- it. Yeah, definitely there. Um, but Annabelle was also in the first movie. I thought it was a little bit more subtle than that. But um, I did not yeah. notice it either time. Okay. But it's a uh, nice help- touch. Yeah, I like it. Apparently that I- movie's good. Haven't seen it. Annabelle Creation? Yeah, it's probably the best one, even though I haven't seen the other two Annabelle movies. But that's what I hear. That's it. Anna- Annabelle Creation's the only one I've seen. Annabelle Comes Home was pretty meh. Okay. Um, Helen Mirren uh, is there. <laughs> uh, Shazam makes a joke about Fast and Furious, which confuses me because if Fast and Furious exists in this universe, that means that Helen Mirren also must exist in this universe, uh, in mm. addition to whatever character Helen Mirren's playing. Hmm. Makes you think. <laughs> uh, Rachel Ziegler from uh, uh, West Side Stories in this. Cool. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Looks like fun. Broke house for me. Broca for me as well. Uh, final trailer: Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. 
debuted. Uh, this will kind of transition us into all the Marvel news we have as well. But the, the trailer they showed, the big one, was Black Panther 2. What'd you think of this, Jimmy? I don't know anything about it still from the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, somebody puts on the Black Panther suit by the end of the movie, and that'll be our new one. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just looks that i'm i i like this trailer and the fact that it was incoherent <laughs> i have yeah. no idea what the movie's about something about the queen her family's dead i she's like i have already given enough and you're asking for more something like that uh directed mm-hmm. by ryan coogler who's made very good films in the past including the first mm-hmm. black panther so we'll see i mean obviously they've had to basically i'm guessing rewrite this movie after uh, the yeah. tragic death of, of chadwick boseman we'll see what they have and i don't I, know i'm just i'm in the middle on this one I'm a, I'm a bergeron uh just quietly optimistic i actually personally i liked this trailer a lot um i think black panther probably has one of the stronger like supporting casts in terms of character and everything like i i'm I'm not even in love with that movie or anything, but I, I just think a lot of the side characters in that are very are quite great. So kind of making this an ensemble movie with all of them, I think is probably the best direction you could take this uh, after Chadwick Boseman's death. Um, but yeah, um, I really I thought the music choice was really good for the trailer. Um, and I know that's, you know, trailer studio making that. But one of the another highlight of Black Panther one was the music. Uh, so hope they kind of keep that up. Uh, looks like they're introducing Atlantis, Marvel's Atlantis. I uh, got Namor uh, kind of shows up in the trailer, who is essentially Marvel's Aquaman. Um He's far less known, and he's kind of a morally gray character. He's he much much more so than Aquaman. He'll like attack the humans on behalf of the Atlanteans, but he's ultimately a hero, I guess. We'll see. Um, yeah, I, I'll give it a Broca. I'm excited. All right, sweet. Finally, done with all the trailers. Now on to the rest of the Comic-Con madness. Holden, what do you got for us? Yeah, so Marvel, uh, yesterday, I believe, yeah, it was yesterday, had their panel and had a lot of news to share. Um, So I'll kind of take it in chunks. First of all, uh, they did announce that the phases four through six, the name of that is, the first three were the Infinity Saga. This is the Multiverse Saga. Okay, makes makes sense. sense. Yeah, okay. Um, But, and then also, apparently Phase 4 is ending this fall with She-Hulk and Black Panther. Yeah, surprising. It's weird. I mean, I'm not necessarily upset that they're keeping the phases a little shorter, but, I mean, every other phase up until now has ended with some sort of, you know, big movie. Phase 1 had the Avengers, Phase 2, Age of Ultron, all that. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a little weird, weird to end a phase where it, it doesn't seem like anything has really happened. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, in the larger I mean, scale of the of the universe, um, definitively. Now it's like, okay, was Loki the big thing, or was this? Is no Ant Man's in the next phase, right? Yeah, phase okay, five. So I don't know. I don't know what the like. Usually, it's like, okay, this is the end of Act One then of the story, but 
what is the signal for that? Yeah, it, it kind of makes the comparisons people have been drawing between phase four and phase one less apt because, I mean, yeah, phase four, you could be saying, yeah, there's a, it's a lot of setup movies for what comes later. Obviously, phase one had to do that. But yeah, if it's not really coming together in any real way, it just seems kind of odd. I mean, it seems, it, I mean, from what little we know of Ant-Man and the Wasp, it feels like that would make a better end. Yeah, and, that, and the Quantumania one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Interesting, to say the least. Um, but then they also laid out Phase 5. So I'm going to run through this. Phase 5. So it's going to start next year with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That's uh, uh, airing February 17th, 2023. Apparently some footage was shown at Comic-Con that included Bill Murray's character, which we still don't know who it is, but he'll probably be a funny guy. Garfield. Uh, yeah, Garfield. <laughs> uh, apparently Modoc is also in this movie, the the big head Big villain. head guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So cool. Um, I bet Ant-Man will make fun of his big head. Great. Um. <laughs> Also, uh, Secret Invasion is coming spring 2023. Um, that's a Disney Plus series that has been hinted at for a while with a stacked cast. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th of next year. Uh, the only real news, I think some footage was shown for that too, uh, but apparently Borat's daughter from Borat 2 is cast as Cosmo the Space Dog. Interesting. Sure. For Guardians 3? Yep, for Guardians 3. Um, right. Co- Cosmo is traditionally a male dog in other forms, but he was in he was a prominent character in the Guardians of the Galaxy game. I quite enjoyed him in that. So hmm. we'll see if that kind of carries over for this. Basically, he's a dog that was sent up by the Russians uh, way back when, but then uh, ended up staying in space and got some powers. Cool. Nice. Uh, Echo coming out summer 2023. Kind of forgot that was happening. What's cool. Echo again? That's the Hawkeye, the deaf lady from Hawkeye. Remember? Uh, <laughs> she was like kind of the villain. Oh, yeah, that's not. right. Her. Yeah. Golly. And she was like one of the better parts of the series. I just like forgot she existed. <laughs> they need to give Tony Dalton a show. Yeah. As the swordsman or whatever his name is supposed to be. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, Loki season two is also coming out next summer. Excited for that. Yes. Um, the Marvels, July 29th, 2023. Makes sense. You've got a whole year to watch Miss Marvel, Jimmy. Okay. Um, <laughs> Iron Did that Heart. end? Yeah, it ended. Was it good? Uh, yes. Wow. Resounding. <laughs> it's probably out. in the upper half, but like the lower part of that half of these Marvel shows. Okay. Um, the Mar- yeah, so the Marvels, Iron Heart coming out fall 2023 i think this character is being introduced in black panther we'll see um blade november 3rd 2023 excited for that we'll see if it's r-rated wait so how many movies are coming out next year um it's only four but there's seems like more than that just a lot of series huh a lot of series yeah it's kind of similar to this year. Um, and then Winter, another show I forgot was happening, the Agatha Harkness show. <laughs> yeah, Agatha Coven of Chaos. Yeah, formerly called House of Harkness, I believe. Um, wow. Interesting. I don't I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I feel like if they if they have an idea, great. It just I feel like this is going to be a, a very standalone kind of thing. I don't know. We'll see. 
but by far the thing I'm most excited for, Jimmy, uh, is the new Daredevil series uh, coming out in spring 2024. We did get some details about that. Apparently, it's the f- this first season. Whether or not it's going to be more than one season, I guess we don't know. It's going to be 18 episodes. That's a lot of episodes, Holden. Yeah, it is. So I hope they can justify that length. Well, good cause... thing no Disney Plus shows have any filler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess a lot of the Disney Plus shows, um, I mean, they do have filler, but they also have the problem of simultaneously not having, like, committing enough time to develop certain things. So, I don't know. Maybe this won't have that issue. That means uh, I have to watch 18 episodes of something. We are not <laughs> reviewing that every week. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio are returning for it. Um, and I don't think anything is really known, but the title being Born Again, first of all, I think is the name of a Daredevil series of comics. Cool, whatever. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> he becomes a Christian. Yeah, well, I mean, that is a big part of his his the Netflix series is him as a Catholic and struggling with that okay. alongside his vigilantism. So that oh, had, there we go. So that gives me hope that this might adhere more to that Netflix series if it has that name. We'll see. I, okay, I'm, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. And it is probably one of the more interesting parts of that Netflix series uh, is that Catholic kind of struggle thing. Yeah, it's but, really that Velocipastor dynamic. That yeah, <laughs> going on. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so I very excited for that. And then the other two things in Phase Five: Captain America Four, uh, now titled Captain America: New World Order, coming out May third, twenty twenty four, and th- it's culminating with Thunderbolts, uh, July twenty eighth, twenty twenty four. What's that? Um, bolts again that's like they're the suicide squad from marvel all right um which it has been slightly building towards so that's at least the culmination of something i am uh, not particularly excited about any of that <laughs> if i'm gonna be honest what about loki yeah i just wanted that to be a miniseries fair I, enough i just i don't know i i i just marvel is losing me not that they haven't made good stuff and I even really enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. But the direction is just like I don't I don't really care about the wider universe right now. It just seems so chaotic and all over the place. Yeah. Um, it's not it doesn't feel like we're building towards anything. And I'm hoping that changes. And there are so many like disparate threads that are being introduced that i 100 percent do not think are going to be finished by the end of this saga like i the the hercules thing um spoilers for thor i guess sorry (laughs) but there's uh the hercules thing which did you hear Uh, that he's not even going to be like the villain of the next thor movie according to taika taika was like yeah that's these i have no plans for him in the next thor movie okay well well, what the heck was that about then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that has to be resolved somehow, right? In some capacity. I don't know. It'd be kind of dumb if it doesn't. I don't know. Where's Regardless. Eternals 2 is my question. Yeah. Oh, I did see Kevin Feige said that uh, so those characters are still being planned on being used. So okay. might be happening. Um, I hope it does. I mean, I liked it. Yeah, me too. Um then, in addition to Phase 5, we got a little bit of Phase 6 uh, announced. Oh, so, gosh. Phase 6, we we're finally getting that Fantastic Four movie that was hinted at a while ago. Um, and it's coming out November 8th, 2024. And then, it is... 
<laughs> and then we're getting two new Avengers movies. Um, Avengers The Kang Dynasty is coming out May 2nd, 2025. Okay, and so a- Kang is important. Yes. Okay. I would hope so with that title. <laughs> Avengers The Kang Dynasty. I feel like that's not a very good title. It is not. Well, let's see if they rename it. Coven like of Kang. <laughs> Kang of Chaos. And then House uh, of Harkness Kang. And apparently uh, phase six is ending within a year um, with Avengers Secret Wars, November 7th, 2025. So two Avengers movies within 12 months. Which was the initial plan for Infinity War and Endgame, but then Endgame got delayed. So my guess is this will get delayed too. That's a lot of a lot of big movie for someone to get ready in that amount of time what's the release date for that duck kang dynasty duck may 2nd 2025 duck dynasty (laughs) uh so about two and a half years away that's not very far away i guess yeah that's what concerns me about this is a so phase six is ending in just a little over three years um we're currently in phase four phase one and one through three had like over 10 years to develop and finish and everything and we're doing this saga within five well i mean wait 2026 though is that last one right so it's seven years no 2025 the the kang one right and then no the kang one's 2025 and secret wars is also 2025 Oh, it's I May, thought you said uh, it's 12 months later. Oh, no, okay. No, so May, May 2nd, 2025 is the Kang Dynasty. November 7th is Secret Wars. Oh, okay. So six years about, right? Because Spider... Was Spider-Man Far From Home still Phase 3? Well, Black Widow came out last year, right? Or did that come out two years ago? But, I mean, there was that Spider-Man Far From Home that mm-hmm. came out right that after... Was te- that was technically phase three. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's Apparently. been, it'll be six years after yeah. <laughs> the last six and a half. So, I mean, I guess it's not completely absurd. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've obviously, they have more resources and uh, a, a structure in place to get things rolling. It does seem fast though. I agree. Yeah. I will give all of this a Bergeron, Holen. Sure. I'll give it a Bergeron too. Uh, the last, I mean, I do have one last bit, and that's just that Kevin Feige hinted that Mutants is going to be at Phase Seven. So no X Men probably before then. Phase I bet seven. Phase Jeez. Seven through Nine will be the Mutant Saga. That's my guess. Good for them. Uh, so in addition to all that Marvel news, uh, DC really didn't have much in comparison. I wanted to give uh, them a fair shake. We're still planning to have the Flash movie come out. Yeah, it's it's still happening. We swear, we swear. Um, it, the only things I have for DC are that they said that there are no plans to continue the Snyderverse. Okay, I'm pretty sure we knew that, but they have to keep confirming that. I guess cool. Uh, and then there was more Black Adam footage and stuff for that revealed. Apparently, The Rock uh, got booed on stage for saying Black Adam could beat Superman in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wasn't there a lot of rumors going around that Henry Cavill was going to be back as Superman? Yeah, and that they there were like rumors he was going to show up at Comic Con, and it just never happened. So I don't know if that was just bogus or if something else came up he couldn't show up. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. I mean, they. Whatever. I don't really care. Uh, Bergeron <laughs> for Marvel stuff, and I don't care about Black Adam and Superman. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll give uh Bergeron for both. Sure. Um, then other things, uh, Lilo and Stitch live action movie, something I'm, uh, cautiously optimistic for after this news is that, uh, the director, uh, was replaced with Dean Fleischer camp who, uh, just got hot off his uh, feature film directorial debut of Marcel the shell with shoes on. Okay. Great. Uh, this is a movie Holden Marcel the shell with shoes on. Mm hmm is playing at our state theater next week. So I was maybe wondering if we would like to review that movie. I um, would so, love to. So that could be another option uh, with The Gray Man. Sure. A movie that I have watched again and Holden hasn't. <laughs> I yeah. feel so bad now because that movie is long too. <laughs> it, well, it was like two hours. I oh, split I it over it in two parts, okay? okay? I started it last night with the intention of finishing it on the treadmill today and I did. And I just, the only thing I will say, little sneak preview is uh netflix you know sat down and they're like oh russo brothers how much money are you going to need for cgi and the russo brothers just yet just said yes yes we we will need that <laughs> <laughs> and uh it is it is absurd uh mostly in a good way i think and ryan gosling okay. is just such a cool guy he's okay. one of my favorite actors up there with jesse plemons all right back to this marcel the shell with shoes on directing lilo and stitch live action sounds promising i do not remember that movie at all i don't think i've seen it since it came out the animated one so broca regardless uh yeah lilo and stitch is one of my favorite animated movies um haven't seen marcel the shell obviously yet but i hear it is absolutely adorable and just wholesome and heartwarming i mean just watching the trailer yeah and i want that energy uh with my lilo and stitch movies so i will give it a broca very nice um the only other thing it looks like I have here is that uh, Peter Dinklage was cast in the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Jimmy, uh, he's apparently playing the man in charge of the Hunger Games. Casca Highbottom. That's a dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> a, d- a distant relative of Neville Longbottom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, like Peter Dinklage, again, most people including Hunger Games fans, don't care about this. So we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. Again, thought they improved on the last book in the last few movies, last couple movies. Anyway, uh, so Bergeron for me. Sure. Uh, I'll give it a Bergeron as well. Um, in terms of gaming, I did see the Last of Us Part 1 Comic Con thing. Yeah. Which uh, made me want it less. <laughs> the new, <laughs> like that... A 10-minute thing? Yeah. Why do you I, say well, that? Because I feel like it showed me how little is actually being changed with this. Like, I, I just... Initially, my hope with this, with the fact with the label of a, of a remake, is that, you know, keep the story and everything exactly right, cool. I, I don't have a problem with that, obviously. But, like, maybe change up the level design a bit, you know, show... Like, have a little bit of variety... Maybe improve that a little in certain areas where it could be improved a little. 
but it looks like it's just the exact same game with a, a touch of paint and i don't think that's worth 70 dollars in the slightest it's a remaster it's not a remake <laughs> it's a remaster it's an impressive remaster mm-hmm. it's not a remake i agree with the old and um i it, it's somewhere in between i think it's like a it's a really really good remaster yeah like they t- tuned up a lot of the details that a lot of the glaring issues of the first one of like the ai especially like the the buddy ai sure where they just <laughs> go out in the middle of the open in front of all <laughs> these people and nobody sees them so that that stuff can break your immersion they fix that i mean the graphics obviously have taken a huge leap but um yeah will i I get it day one probably not just wait for it to go on sale i think the other thing i'm disappointed about is like it it just seems like they didn't incorporate a lot of the gameplay improvements from two yeah um like i mean yeah it has the ai and stuff and obviously that's great but that almost makes me wonder if it's going to be balanced correctly because if you don't have all the tools at your disposal that you do in two but the ai is on the level of two like is it going to just make it that much harder yeah because i mean you have like a lot more silenced weapons in two Mm -hmm. whereas you just have the bow (laughs) in the first one and stealth (laughs) takedowns so i don't know we'll see We'll find out. But they have workbench animations, Holden. Oh, can't wait. And it's going to have haptic feedback. Wow. I'm glad they spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I will give it a Bergeron. I'll get it eventually. I guess I'll give it a Bergeron as well. Was there any other gaming stuff? I have no idea, Holden. It was There was a lot. There so, was a lot. Probably. Uh, we missed it. Sorry. We'll Stray do came out. Time. It's apparently good. That yeah. cat game, yeah, and it's on the one of those PS Plus tiers. So a lot of people are just getting that for the rest of their subscription now because it's like discounted <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, cute cat game. I'll probably play it eventually. Yeah. All right, sweet Holden. Should we dive into our non-spoiler, or excuse me, our spoiler discussion of Better Call Saul? Yeah, I think we should. All right, Holden, let's do that right now. <laughs> All right, so Better Call Saul, we're finally able to talk about this because I got off my lazy butt and uh, watched <laughs> this whole thing. Um, caught up, uh, watch, I've watched the latest two episodes. Um, this is really the first time Jimmy and I have really talk, are going to have talked about it at all. Yes, yeah, honestly, um, we haven't even passed like halfway through the fifth season. Yeah, and even then, like, I feel like this is the first time we can talk to each other without having you having to hide anything. <laughs> yeah, like, walking on eggshells. And yeah. <laughs> like, when you're like, oh, man, I really like Howard as a character. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, Howard is a great character. Um, just we can quickly kind of express our thoughts about season six as a whole right now. Sure. You're listening to this in the future. I mean, a new episode is coming out tomorrow, Monday, as of when we are recording this So. This will be soon outdated in terms of like up to date with the episodes, mm-hmm. but uh, we have we're going to be covering up season six up through episode nine. So if you watch episode nine, um, ten is going to come out tomorrow, which is apparently the one with uh, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. At least uh, the one of the episodes with them titled yeah. Nippy. So we are up through fun and games. Um, Holden, yeah. overall thoughts on season six so far? 
I mean, in my opinion, it is by far the strongest just in general. And I think a lot of that is my my preference for Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad's tone and everything. I still like I still preferred that show over this. I mean, I guess that could change with the last few episodes. We'll see. But this is much more close to like Breaking Bad than even season five, which was already kind of like Breaking Bad, um, especially the tail end. Yeah, I agree yeah. that I think this is the strongest season so far. I mean, we'll see how it ends. Mm-hmm. I've liked Better Call Saul the whole way. I, I just yeah, finished rewatching Breaking Bad and El Camino. I will say Breaking Bad is such a good, good show. <laughs> I think Breaking Bad is probably better. Um, how it's, I think Breaking Bad is a better story executed very well or like an extremely well-written story executed very well. Mm-hmm. And I think Better Call Saul is a very well-written story ex- ex- executed extremely well. Like uh, <laughs> kind of flipping those. I think they're just firing in all cil- cylinders, the cinematography, the visual storytelling and Better mm-hmm. Call Saul, I think, is just on another level than it was in Breaking Bad. Um, it's more stylized. Um, and this last season, too, is just a notch above everything we've seen before. Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of pure just content and things happening, this is it really feels like everything's been building towards this last season. Um, and just the character, mm-hmm. just tearing down these characters and what they've done with these characters all including the side characters is fantastic yeah they've just they've nailed these characters down to the core and they have ex- they've exposed them for being so compelling um and the way the story is unraveling is is just fascinating and i hope they can carry this through the last four episodes because we're obviously <laughs> it's gonna shift so <laughs> there's it we'll see what happens i mean it's a big a lot, a lot of stories left to play out, and we have no idea really where it's going. Well, and see, that's uh, that's where, I mean, I think we should save speculation overall for later. Yeah. But I, it, it is astounding to me that there are four episodes left. Because I know, I mean, I have some guesses as to what's going to happen, but to me it just doesn't feel like four episodes worth. And it feels like the climax probably has already happened. Um. And this is going to be a lot of resolution kind of epilogue stuff. But I have no idea. I've just <laughs> learned that you're just never going to know what's going to happen. Next yeah. <laughs> with this show. Um, so we can start breaking it down um, by the episodes. I do really want to quickly talk about uh, season six, episode seven, plan and execution, which I think is the Good best title. Amazing title. Best title <laughs> since face off uh, from ba- Breaking Bad. Um, I think it's the best episode of the show. Yeah, uh, I personally. agree. I think I've seen it three times now. I think um, the whole thing is just the culmination of everything the show has off- has to offer. You have the mystery, the intrigue. You have the whole the shenanigans of Jim and Jimmy and Kim uh, at their apex. And you're just I love that you're just waiting for something in their plan to go wrong. And it goes basically without a hitch. Yeah. Is the best part. And you're like, and it's just the unsettling feeling of what is going to go wrong. What is going to happen? And then out of nowhere, it's like these two worlds collide with 
uh, Lalo and Howard and just the one of the most shocking things I've seen in, in TV. I'm so glad I did not have it spoiled because uh, I know a couple people who did. Uh, uh, I definitely had it spoiled for me. That's a bummer, Holden. But um, that's because a, I, you know what? I'm going to, I mean, it was still a great moment for me. I was more surprised by Nacho's death. That one, I, that one hit me more, I think, but that we're not talking about that. No, <laughs> we're not, which is, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a whole thing in itself too. Nacho's storyline, uh, how that beautifully came to an end. Um, yeah, no, I, I had not, I did not see it coming at all. Howard's death, uh, incredibly well executed yeah um, i will i will say um i mean it sure it probably would have worked even even better for me if i hadn't known it was coming uh but even knowing it was coming seeing the foreshadowing throughout the episode and everything for that for that death that i knew i actually i wasn't entirely sure because i had it spoiled for me very very last minute it was like like the new the premiere of the second half of the season had come out and it was so like i had almost made it before getting it spoiled for me Dang. so i'm kind of upset but i didn't know like if it was going to happen you know at the end of that that first half of the season or if it was going to happen in this new episode um regardless though it was um yeah and just the way it plays out, I mean, you have the scene where they're in the apartment and you hear the knocking at the door. And my first reaction is, oh, it's a mirror of season five, the second episode, the penultimate episode of season five when Lalo mm-hmm. visits. So my first thought is, oh, my gosh, Lalo's there. And then it's Howard. And it's like you almost get bailed out as an audience member. It's like, oh, OK, Whew, everybody's safe. Kim's OK. It's just Howard. Howard just delivers this amazing monologue. Yeah. Patrick Fabian did it brilliantly. Just shows the characters at the core that they're doing it for fun um and i it like you said howard is such a great character because he's really not a bad person no he just has a lot of like privilege and like yeah maybe he was harsh on kim a couple times but for the most part he stood up for jimmy and yeah in the face of chuck (laughs) and uh (laughs) it's like why are you doing this to me and i probably will be on my feet and you feel bad for him and then Lalo comes in and sprays his blood all over the oh, painting geez. that had the plans on it, all that stuff, the candle flicker, all those moments were just fantastic. And the acting, the sheer terror in Jimmy and Kim's eyes was phenomenally executed, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was a great cliffhanger. And I mean, feeding that into the the premiere of the uh, second half of the season, um, I, I that episode is pretty close in quality for me, uh, just overall, especially in the first half when we have Lalo talking to you know Kim and Jimmy post executing Howard, um, and then like Kim's drive over to Gus's house and all of that it's all so tense and you just don't know where it's going <laughs> and it, and it's it's even more tense because up until now I mean Kim has only kind of had a glimpse into what was happening and now she is just suddenly thrown in like head first into this I loved the scene um in point and shoot the episode we're talking about the eighth episode where like he wants Jimmy to go. Lalo wants Jimmy to go and do this task for him, shooting Gus. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy talks him into taking Kim because I, my th- thought was, his, oh, he's intending to save her. Mm-hmm. 
um part of me was like is he just gonna throw kim under the bus <laughs> but i'm like no he's trying to save her and kim's like yeah he's trying to save me but then kim doesn't run away she goes and does it to try to save jimmy and so i i kim was about to shoot gus yeah <laughs> she was totally gonna just shoot somebody which i think is just a great little character thing in and of itself um and I- I would there I will say a little of the tension was lost for me because I'm like I know Gus doesn't die. I don't know if Kim will die. So the tension yeah, was is Kim gonna die? I thought if we didn't know Gus's fate, it would be a little more tense, but I was like, I think I'm like, I think Mike is going to play a part in this somehow. He knows Kim. I wasn't I wasn't really scared for Kim in that moment. So it wasn't as tense for me as I think it was for some other people. Um, it was tense for me, not because I thought Gus was going to die, but because I was like, is Gu- is Kim going to kill the... Like, we know that there's a, a decoy in this house. Is Kim going to kill this man? <laughs> like, And I was like, oh, like, I mean, the decoy... I mean, not that he particularly plays a huge part in this show, but it's not a character we see in Breaking Bad at all. So I was like, ugh, kid. That's true. And the and then the catharsis of having Mike, you know, say, technically kind of attack her to stop her, but the, ultimately saving her was yeah. was great. And his performance in this episode, I think, is kind of unsung in some ways because mm-hmm. I think he he has a lot of wide range because he clearly doesn't have any idea what's happening and him trying to figure everything out. And then of course, at the end of the episode, him, you know, talk, like calming everyone down and talking them through what needs to happen. I think Jonathan Banks was at his best in this episode. Oh, he's phenomenal. And, uh, <laughs> Kim pointing out the, the decoy. I'm supposed to kill him. Yeah. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he's just standing there. Um, yeah. It's great. And to have Gus just shook, you know, it's mm-hmm. just cool to see. And of course, like, then I'm like, oh, this is a genius plan by Lalo. Because as soon as, like, I kind of put together what's going on, I'm like, oh, he's creating a distraction. He's going to go to the laundromat, mm-hmm. get this all out. And then as soon as I saw Gus going to the laundromat, I'm like, oh, man, Lalo's dead. The gun, <laughs> he's dead. That's too bad. Well, um, that's. That's what I couldn't believe. I can't believe he died this early. Like, I mean, it, I guess it makes sense because, like, that story was coming to a head there, and I don't know exactly where they could have gone after. But just in terms of overall pacing with the show, it seems weird that this early in the season you have the main antagonist killed. Lalo totally won, man. He just, they were like, I saw someone, I think I've been poking around the Better Call Saul subreddit now, which is great. I highly recommend it. Um, But someone was like, if this would have happened like 10 years later, Lalo could have just Skyped (laughs) or like a few years later, you could have just Skyped the, you know, Don Eladio and been like, see what I got, man. He would have won, but he had to record it and then send it over. (laughs) Um but and then all the other people in the better call saw thing. I think this is in the most recent episode uh, where Hector is like blaming Gus, is accusing Gus for killing Lalo, and people were calculating how long it would have taken Hector to ding out <laughs> that message on a bell, and it was like fifty-eight <laughs> minutes or something. <laughs> and there were like people were arguing because they're like, "No, no, no! You're basing it on just if they win alphabetical order." But if you watch Breaking Bad, they have a chart, and then there's okay, you assume the chart. Okay, that makes it a, them a little bit faster. And so <laughs> it was pretty funny to see these people on the internet do all these calculations for me. That is pretty good. <laughs> um, 
lot of great theories and analysis too. I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, but like you said, great episode. And to have uh, a lot of people, I think, um, w- watching this as they come out, there were quite a few people who conjectured, okay, I think Lalo's going to die. He's going to end up uh, being buried below the lab, which, of course, happened. But no, <laughs> Howard to be there too. And Jonathan Jeez. Banks, as you said, is acting there too, um, of just being like, you know, let him in easy and staging it. And okay, that brings us into the next episode, uh, too, which is uh, Fun and Games, episode mm-hmm. nine. Again, this three episode gauntlet has been incredible. It's so good. And that's why I have confidence in them going forward, but just, it's just so good. Um, it's great. And again, what they do with the characters. Uh, the great moment of this episode for me, though is definitely Jimmy and Kim talking to Howard's wife, his widow, Yeah, is the runaway s- scene of the show for me. Because she's like all out accusing them. Cliff is there. You're like, oh, no. Is this, are they going to get exposed? And Jimmy's like trying, you know, to cover it up, but she's not convinced. And then Kim makes up that story. So yeah. The whole time I was like, I think Kim's going to crack. She can't handle this. Like, She's finally going to, you know, break good. (laughs) And uh, she just totally adds to the lie, which was that story of her seeing Howard doing cocaine. And then you can just see it in Cliff's face that all his biggest fears are true, that this is all Mm -hmm. accurate. And then she's like, oh, but, you know, nobody would know better than you. You were there. You were his wife. When she knows that they had been basically separated and that she wouldn't have known mm-hmm. and putting the guilt on her that she wasn't there to like reach out to help you know Howard oh just just evil basically I mean, I mean in some ways it was Kim's breaking point she just didn't break exactly then like yes, I think it was yeah. her breaking point and then when they kiss in the parking garage underneath that was like I was like oh man that's a goodbye like mm-hmm. that's it they're done um and uh then we we cut to the time jump which is one of the most well we didn't have we have the breakup in the apartment yes we had the breakup in the apartment um which is it's kind of not exactly what you'd expect because it's not drawn out um not i mean obviously would love more just interactions with the two of them so a longer scene would have been cool but they really didn't just there was no filler in that it's conversation. a gut punch yeah. it is it's just like i love you i love you too but so what i think it's the line which is yeah. like Oof. and then she's like and she explains why uh she didn't want to tell jimmy about um lalo and how she didn't want to break up and how she was just having so much fun and that it's like for the greater good that they can't be together. And then you get the, the time jump, which is just brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, as soon as it like happens, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I, it w- everybody was just expecting kind of, I think this slow transition into the breaking bad timeline and it's just instantaneous. Yeah. Um, it's it's wild to me because i don't i think the implication is like we are at this point of time from now on either here or in the future yes um but like i 
that makes me wonder for the rest of the cast, like with Gus and, um, I think uh, Gus and Mike are done. I think they're gone. You think they're done? I'm well, okay. I think their character arcs are done. Cause you, you're bringing up two good scenes that we should talk about too. Mm-hmm. They're definitely final. They are the end of the character arc for their show. Uh, you have, first off, you have Mike going to mm-hmm. visit Nacho's dad. And people were pointing out that the cinematography was great because whenever they showed Nacho's dad, because they were on opposite sides of the fence, when they showed Nacho's dad, you didn't really see the fence. But when you saw Mike, you saw the fence. It's like, okay, Nacho's dad, he's done with this. He's out of the game. Mm-hmm. He has reconciled these things. He's moved on. And Mike is still imprisoned by the, you know, this crime, his faulty sense of morality this you know sense of his dealing with his son's loss and stuff he's still trapped by that and i think you you get that finality with mike in that scene and then with gus you have him kind of for the first time a big thing of jimmy was saying is like okay we are going to one day wake up and not think about howard kim we'll work through Mm -hmm. this and for gus he's finally having a day where he's not thinking about max who was shot you know, by yeah, yeah. Uh, the the the, the uh, cartel in the pool. He's finally not thinking about that, and he's kind of flirting with this bartender guy. And then it just hits him. You know, the wine has the bloody kind of aftertaste or whatever it is, and it just like it all snaps back. And he this one moment where he kind of could just be himself and let loose, and he's just right back into Gus Fring. Yeah, and that's he, the character he is for the for Breaking Bad. I thought that was a great moment too I, I think there's a i mean the obviously he remembers max and the pain that caused him but i also think in a way like seeing what happened with uh jimmy and kim like that or that experience that night and how i mean i'm sure mike debriefed him on who they were and everything and how kim kind of got through in thrown in he doesn't want you know another person to get thrown into the game that doesn't deserve it um and uh, so I think that factors into it as well. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, I thought I, I, th- I mean, logistically, canonically, yes, we could see them, but I think we might not. I think that might be it. I, I'm my personally, I think we're going to see him again. Um, it, it, which makes me think that these like breaking bad era scenes are going to be before Gus Fring dies or whatever. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I kind of hope it's not the end of them, but at the same time, I guess I wouldn't mind if it is. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. I mean, uh, so the time jump happens and I love this cause there were, again, the, the better call Saul subreddit was kind of having a debate over this. Some people were in the camp of, you know, the time jump happens. This is the first day where Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill, forgets about Howard and Kim and all that. And he doesn't think Mm -hmm. about it all day. That's one camp. And I I think I belong to this other camp where, you know, they, they have the big scene where they break up and it cuts to this scene. And he wakes up and he puts the headpiece, the earpiece in right away. And he's Saul Goodman right away. And this other camp, which I fall to, they think that um, 
he cannot forget this. As much as he tries, he cannot forget. He cannot live with himself being Jimmy McGill. So he has to throw on this Saul Goodman persona immediately when he gets out of bed in the morning. That he has the earpiece in right away when he gets up. He's wearing it in the shower. He has to be Saul Goodman in order to kind of press on and live his life. It's like a survival coping mechanism to be Saul yeah. Goodman. I mean, and then I, I think you see why Gene Tack. Gene Tackman is just so broken. I 100% think that's... I, I can't even really see the other camp, if I'm being honest, because we've seen that Jimmy like just can't let things go for better or worse. Uh, he constantly tortures himself over everything, and I, he always puts on a facade to cover it up. So, yeah, I think, I think that's the only way to interpret it, honestly. Um, we have the reference to the public masturbation case, which he gets confused with Badger uh, early on in Breaking <laughs> Bad, which establishes, okay, we are officially in the Breaking Bad timeline. I was thinking that Walter White was going to walk through the door at the end of the episode. I was a little surprised mm. it didn't happen, honestly. Um, so we'll see exactly where in time this takes place. But he did say another public masturbation one, so maybe it's after that. Uh, it's sure. hard to keep track of <laughs> All those incidents <laughs> happening in the Breaking Bad universe. Um, yeah, so yeah. so how many episodes do you think are going to be during Breaking Bad and how many after? Of the four that uh, are left. Two during, two after. No, th- gosh, three during, one after. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards I as think, well. If I remember correctly, I think the second to last episode is directed by Vince Gilligan. Yeah, and the last would, one's Peter Gould. But maybe that's just because they created the show. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's hard to know. I do think... Okay, we can get to speculation now. Um, I do think that uh, there's got to be, like, one more big scheme or something going. Like, they have to have some sort of... I mean, like, all the teaser posters are, are Gene... Uh, what's his name? Gene Tackerman or something like that. Gene Takovic. Takovic, that's what it is. He putting on the jacket, the Saul mm-hmm. Goodman red jacket again. So it's, it, they seem to imply that Gene's going to go back to being Saul. So that makes me think there's going to be one more big scheme of some sort. I have no idea how Walt and Jesse are involved. If it's something that like, hey, this thing happened in the Breaking Bad days. I did some sort of wrong and I'm going to fix it now as Gene Takovic. I don't know. Yeah, it's just I it needs to be in, because a lot of things have been um you know finished at this point in terms of plot lines. It needs to somehow integrate very naturally, which I have the utmost confidence they can. I think it is very bold of them to have commit for their four, last four episodes to a completely different time period than the rest of the show. Yeah. This um, in a lot of ways felt like a series finale. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> they could have just ended the show right here. And if they didn't have all the teases to Gene Takovic, like I this could have been the end of the show. The only thing I'm a hundred percent sure of, and I'm not sure exactly when it'll happen is that Kim will come back. I feel like that's obvious. I feel it's, like that has to happen. I was having yeah. this discussion with my family that some of them, like a couple of my siblings are like, I don't, or excuse me, my brother's like, I don't know if Kim's going to come back. I, she has to right there. Yeah. And this show, 
I don't I don't know if I have exactly the best way to defend this and I don't I don't think it'll necessarily end with them getting back together but I think this show's going to end more optimistically than Breaking Bad. I do too. I think it might be a little bittersweet, mm-hmm. but I do think it's an optimistic ending. I don't think they'll end up together, but mm-hmm. Jimmy will somehow help Kim mm-hmm. in a way. So help restore part of Kim. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if it's a it. thing that somehow Howard's death resurfaces and maybe Cliff Main is on the case and trying to, you know, find there's a break in the case. Somehow they get exposed. They think Kim was involved and he helps her or something else. I have no idea. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just ready to sit along and enjoy the ride. Me too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, overall, season six, I think, is the best. The shenanigans, top level top notch high level shenanigans high level shenanigans all right (laughs) sweet anything else to say about better call Saul this week um no excited for walt and jesse this week if they are indeed in it all right episode 10 nippy coming out uh tomorrow we'll have our thoughts on it next week stick around for then otherwise let's get into our non-spoiler review of jordan peele's new film nope yeah jimmy i think it's good we're not doing the gray man this week Look yeah it is <laughs> i was like you can't get me started on better call Saul, especially the last few episodes <laughs> i had to hold back a lot <laughs> so yeah but anyway um nope uh it's the new jordan peele film his third feature length film after get out and us both of which we enjoy um yeah, we were both excited for this movie. Um, didn't really know too much about it going in other than it involved aliens. And they so. were trying to get footage of the aliens. Yeah, trying to get footage of the aliens. Um, I guess I could bring up a synopsis real quick. I should have had that ready. Um, I could start talking about it. Uh, sure. It's directed by Jordan Peele, as we said, written and directed by him. It stars Daniel Kaluuya you might recognize from get out uh it also stars kiki palmer as i know from Lightyear. (laughs) oh that's right she was in that movie uh okay here i have the synopsis two siblings who run a california horse ranch discover something wonderful and sinister in the skies above while the owner of an adjacent theme park tries to profit from the mysterious otherworldly phenomenon yeah steven yoon's in it too yeah um yeah, it's got a pretty great cast. Keith David is in it for like three minutes of total screen time, which is <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, this um, I personally liked this movie a lot. Um, I know you're more mixed on it, um, but I quite enjoyed it. I I was kind of I think I enjoyed it more as it went on overall. Um, I think some of my issues I'll have to get into in spoilers. Um, but yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable time. Maybe not on the level of his other two, but I quite liked it. Yeah. I think this is the weakest of the three Jordan Peele films. I'm very much in the middle on it. Uh, Mm -hmm. there are, I, frankly, I think the first half of this movie is really boring. I, I, I don't understand (laughs) why it was so dragged out. I was, I, nothing really happens during the first third of this first half of this movie um that is all that interesting 
I think uh, by far the most interesting character is Steven Yen's character. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in the movie enough. I think all the other characters in this movie are just... I don't, not dull is not the right word because they're not dull characters, but I just didn't. They all seem like caricatures other than Daniel Kaluuya's character, who I guess is just the caricature of a boring person, <laughs> of a, just a <laughs> typical person. He's just very quiet. And I, he was the one I really related to. I thought Kiki Palmer was great. I thought she was fantastic acting. I just thought her mm-hmm. character was at least the, the she got better in my in my mind as the movie went on but the first half of the movie i thought she was so annoying and like full, uh kind of self-serving i just yeah. felt bad for daniel kaluuya because he's like trying to do business and she's just being such a nuisance throughout the first half of the movie and i'm like why does he tolerate her why yeah. like why does he have a good relationship with her um so th- there's that. I think there's like a tech guy, like Geek Squad-esque guy. I think he's just the caricature of the weird tech guy. And then you yeah, have like I this think- auteur cinematographer who's a caricature of an auteur cinematographer. And, I, and I'm not trying to say this he is supposed to be some... like Denis Villeneuve. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to say that this movie, that Jordan Peele didn't realize he was doing that in this movie he he obviously isn't taking this movie as seriously as his other two in terms of oh i'm trying to communicate this very profound message and you know what dissect this this is a more just like here's the movie it's more like popcorn flick monster movie honestly than anything else i mean there is some deeper stuff here it's not as quite as much at the forefront as his other ones i don't think but um it's it's still it's still got some interesting not to the extent of get out or us yeah probably not but but um yeah i don't know i i like kind of what he was trying to convey with some of this stuff here um but uh the part i found the most interesting was steven yuan's character and his backstory which Mm -hmm. i was way more interested in <laughs> than the rest of the movie. And I there is kind of a, a certain idea outside of that storyline um, that I, like a little idea that, that Jordan Peele had that I thought was really clever and, and played on your kind of what you think was going on or how you perceive things a certain way. And I like how it kind of subverted my expectations with that. I'm like, oh, that was a clever idea. But um, there, like just everybody's so absurd in this movie and even there's like a like this is not really a spoiler but like there's like a person trying to film something towards the end of the movie and even mm-hmm. they're like a caricature of someone trying to film something at the end you know yeah like they are not believable at all i um, f- yeah I, I think the characters the characters didn't really bother me too much i do think the cinematographer got I he was probably the most annoying one for me personally and I would argue um, unnecessary. Yeah, very unnecessary. Uh I mean I I think the guy does a good performance. I like his voice. It's very entertaining from that perspective, but yeah, I just the character's just doesn't need to be there and it doesn't end up bringing a whole lot to it. No. Um I think the premise of them being like these horse trainers was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was played into enough. I thought there I was maybe something they could have done more with that. 
I thought it was I thought it was suitable personally. I don't know. The second half of the movie is more entertaining. I just was like, why did why was the first half so long? My biggest problem is actually with I feel the climax of the movie. I think Without, the climax is also underwhelming. It I, I think it's more exciting, but the way they the thing actually result they're trying to figure out how to do this thing and the way it finally actually resolves in multiple areas i thought was like okay that's how this ends really well i for me it was like i don't know i i i honestly can't i get i can't i'll get in more details and spoilers i feel like the climax could have been one thing and it could have been like maybe the first half of the climax if they did a little bit more with that idea. And then I feel like it just like kept going. <laughs> like there's yeah, just a lot of other there like it was kind of convoluted like the reasons why it kept going. And then I a lot of convenient things kind of happen. I'm not exactly sure why characters knew to do what they did. Um, yeah, there and were so, certain moments where like I don't know how the character knew that but whatever yeah benefit of the doubt yeah exactly um so that's probably my biggest problem with the movie personally uh was that bit the the characters overall though like uh, kiki palmer daniel kaluuya um i i I won't say they're not they're not fantastic characters or anything i do agree with you that steven young is the best one but they didn't bother me they were fine suitable for what this was yeah um what was i gonna say shoot i lost it um dang whatever it was it um i really wasn't important <laughs> um i this movie i i don't think any of his movies are particularly scary but i do think all of them have some very creepy imagery and i think this does as well Oh yeah, I think this is a visually effective movie, and it's very visually interesting. A lot of yeah. the a lot of the originality of this movie is in the visuals, how things look, how things kind of behave. Visually, very compelling, mm-hmm. um, especially the, like the nighttime stuff looked like just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, he's great nighttime scenes it, you never it's not like uh obi-wan where i couldn't see what was happening you know it was it was very clear it it's it was nighttime but everything was so perfectly lit that you could tell everything that was happening yeah um i would say yeah i again overall there were parts of this movie i was like really nobody just sat and like nobody came up to jordan peele and been like yeah this part of the movie it's kind of boring like we trimmed this up a little bit um i just was surprising to me that uh it wasn't wasn't a little bit faster in that i just didn't i didn't think this movie was as funny as other people think it is like i some people are like this is like a hilarious movie and my theater did not laugh once i thought some jokes were like amusing uh, particularly with like <laughs> the one of the film crews that <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya has like a sweatshirt for. I was like, that's kind of <laughs> funny. It's, but uh, I so I think some reviewers are making it. Oh, this is a laugh out loud sort of movie at times. And I I know that I mean, didn't I translate for me. I think Us is funnier than this. Um, personally, I mean, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but I remember ha- there's being some pretty good jokes in that. Um, 
I can't really gauge though from my own experience because the only people in my theater, this was Friday night, mind you. It was me, my parents, my brother, and two other people. <laughs> okay. So it's, yeah, it was kind of hard, but. I was I at a my... two o'clock p.m. showing, which is really? you know, not an ideal time to probably see it either, but yeah. It was just like, uh, there was quite a few people there. I mean, there were several other groups outside of me just seeing it, so. But nobody laughed. Not that I could hear. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't know where that's coming from for certain reviewers, but I. I just disagree. I guess. Sure. Um, anything else to say before we give our ratings, Holden? Um, not necessarily. Um, I thought the music was pretty good. Yeah, um, I didn't pretty- really think about it all that much. So. Yeah, I think I noticed it more towards the end of the movie. Um, and even during that climax that I felt like went on too long, I still feel like it was it was pretty great there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I'm pretty much done with non-spoilers as well. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this movie a six and a half. Uh, I'll give it an eight. I think I'm pretty confident right. with the Nate. I think another thing I want to add to that, though, is that um, is just general sound design. I think a lot of the the ways they make like alien sounds, or even the way they make certain non-alien sounds sound creepy, and yeah, I will uh, agree. That was very good. Yeah, there's there's some pretty great just choices there. Effective but, yeah. soundscaping. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Just I think it was just an awkwardly paced movie. Um, it's kind of segmented and it, I don't know. It just didn't, that didn't work for me all that much. Okay. All right. But let's dive into spoilers. Cause I do want to talk about the stuff I really did like. Um, yeah. so let's, let's do that right now. Holden. All right. Spoilers for Nope. Very excited uh, to talk about this. Um. Yeah. What do you? Where, where should we start with this? I guess the well. Yeah. Talk with, about what you want to talk about. Okay. I thought the chimp massacre thing was great. I yeah. just wanted to. I was like, this <laughs> is fascinating. The tease at the beginning. Um, great. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with Stephen Yun having that room. I'm like, if they don't show more of this, like this is like one of those things that you just get in a YouTube rabbit hole. You know, mm-hmm. like if this was a real thing and it's like, I would want to see all the documentaries, what <laughs> happened, where the security people like, and then, you know, obviously you don't get to see the most, a lot of it's implied or mm-hmm. taking place off, just slightly off the camera. Um, just horrifying. Yeah. And that I was, thought, that was easily the creepiest part of the movie for me. Thematically the most resonant I thought that part tied in the best of the movie. I'm like, you have Steven Yun. Mm-hmm. He's this character who literally witnessed firsthand that you cannot tame <laughs> wild animals. Really. Yeah. You can tame them to an extent. Yeah. Uh, but thinking you can completely control them is going to be your fatal flaw, which ultimately is his fatal flaw. He, he has the, what, uh, the star... Whatever, yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Whatever that show was, yeah, like the, the horse experience thing, um, which is pretty like morbid to think about. So he's like, 
that was one of the dynamics love uh, too like so daniel kaluuya's character is selling these horses to him at jupe's Mm -hmm. claim and he's like but i can buy them back right he's like i'm working to buy them back he's like oh yeah yeah (laughs) totally (laughs) totally i'm not feeding them to aliens in alien i should say um that whole part was just uh great and also just like how that one actress her face was completely torn up by the chimp and she's in the crowd and that because in the trailer they showed that i'm like oh she must be like an alien sort of thing no she's just a person who got her face (laughs) completely ripped off by an ape a chimpanzee um yeah gruesome but yeah that that whole scene was fascinating and then like the dude the little fist bump and then his head gets shot off was sad because it's like clearly the ape doesn't or the, excuse me, the chimp doesn't really understand what's i mean it's just freaking out because the balloons are popping mm-hmm. um it and it's like tapping to see if the actress is still alive you know and all that um or responding it's like yeah. it doesn't mean it. it's not like it was like oh i want to do these things it just was going cr- crazy uh because it was you know provoked and see that that also fed into one of the themes that I found interesting, which was just like the mistreatment of like certain people behind this, like on sets of films. Like uh, you get that some with the with like the animals, but you have Stephen Yun, who is this child actor, this Asian, this kind of Asian American stereotype character on this uh, sitcom. Uh, you have Daniel Kaluuya and he's a horse trainer who's just getting like verbally berated. Like no, clearly no one cares about him on the set of this movie. Yeah. Um, and I, and then the animals, you have the chimp, which clearly, but I don't know all of that kind of stuff. I feel like what fed into a, a theme that Jordan Peele was going for. Okay. I could see it. Um, and then, I mean, that's also a great scene when the, the alien comes and it starts eating, just sucking up all the people. Because then you get to see kind of the process of them going into this. Mm-hmm. What you, at least I thought at the time, was the spaceship. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, when, when are they going to get in the spaceship part? Um, no, that's the alien. The flying yeah. saucer is the alien, which I that thought was, was a great twist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you, you see it and... Um, like in the trailers and whatever and you just assume it's a ship because it is kind of the stereotype ufo shape or whatever and initially when i saw that in the trailer i was like oh, okay so they're gonna play with this old timey ufo design whereas you know every modern movie has to have this creative creepy spaceship but no it's just it is the alien <laughs> that is the alien um so yeah, I guess so. Steven Yeun's character, I think it's like Ricky, is his actual name or something. Like he's a, I guess he something starts like that, by yeah. using decoy horses. Yeah, been, and then must have gotten smart to that. Yeah, the decoy horse thing, I didn't quite understand at first. Um, I that's probably just me being dumb, but I didn't really pick up on the fact that Kiki Palmer stole that from them. I understood that she stole it from him. I'm also like, she just steals a lot of things from people. (laughs) Um, But then I guess it gets caught in its esophagus. So I was wondering, so get caught in his esophagus, the alien. Mm -hmm. And so I guess it was like starving then. And then that's why it wanted to eat all the people or. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of what I gathered about that. But then, you know, it only ate presumably i guess it didn't eat just one horse because it was eating some of the ranch's horses too Mm -hmm. um okay 
I think a lot of people are comparing the ending of this movie to kind of the end of Jaws. It's like, okay, how do you take down the monster? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I like the the whole plan of, okay, we're going to have it suck up the thing. I thought it was very underwhelming that it just tries to eat the big Jupes claim mascot thing. Because I felt that we had established that this alien life form was able to determine what was, you know, organic material and what wasn't. Well, I mean, maybe it's, I'm guessing what it's going for is the fact that it fell for the horse decoy. Um, And so that looks like a person, I guess. But it does, it's like, it's not though. Like it's a cartoon. Yeah. Giant inflatable. And why wouldn't it have eaten it earlier? If that was the case, it was kind of my thing. I was like, it, it, it didn't feel like a satisfying conclusion to that. What, what more got me for that was I just feel like that balloon wasn't built up to in any way. No. Like if, I feel like, I mean, yeah, you probably saw it in the background of Jupe's claim a couple times, but there, it's not like it, the movie ever like fully acknowledged its existence or anything. I mean, yeah, you have the, the wishing well thing is kind of stupid, but at least they, you know, had established it before, it, you know, it was a Chekhov's gun, fine, whatever. But yeah, the, the balloon is kind of stupid <laughs> and okay and my other big like this is like a, a nitpick thing i guess but like the other thing is even if you got video proof no one's going to believe you it is 2022 mm-hmm. the, all this stuff can be faked like people just say no it's fake or yeah. you know nobody's ever going to take you that seriously because you can just create things using you know photoshop or after effects you don't you don't need like if even if you got real proof of aliens you'd be hard to believe you mm-hmm. that was another thing just i was thinking the whole time <laughs> kind of throughout the movie um, sure yeah, yeah um so in terms of the climax kind of back at that i i'm fine with the climax of the movie being them trying to film it that's great that's what the movie's been building towards it's their do their but biggest best attempt that's the climax great. yeah i thought that was fine too um but then the the cinematographer guy just kills himself yeah okay. oh, some <laughs> things are meant or like some things are never meant to be filmed or something yeah yeah and that was pretty stupid <laughs> and then it kind of just spirals from there and i felt like there was no direction for that because they i mean they didn't have a plan post filming it which is fine like i don't mind that but then it just kind of feels like they're running around and things are happening for whatever reason and I mean, I like the design of the alien, how it looks like one of those drawings of, like, biblically accurate angels or whatever. Like, it's just this mess of, you know, wavy wings and all of that. Yeah, once it was, was, like, unfurling, that thing was really cool. Yeah, it was it was very interesting looking. Um, but aside from that, just the rest of the climax is so, like, underwhelming. And he, like, tries to eat the the tech guy but then like spits him out and then the tech guy's just out of the movie for the rest of the movie whatever. yeah he like puts barbed wire because that's what i thought i was like okay tech guy is gonna take one for the team here he's mm-hmm. wrapping himself in barbed wire so that's gonna like cut it up and kill it from the inside mm-hmm. which i probably would be more satisfying of an ending than 
you're meeting the big balloon. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then it just spits them out. So I mean, good way to save your life, but I guess you'd also fall from quite a distance. And you, like you said, he just disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I don't know this. A lot of things missed in this movie for me. But like I said, at the same time, the whole chimp thing and Steven Yoon's character, fascinating. Yeah, so great good. stuff. I'm and not the I'm idea not sure. that the, the, the flying saucer is the alien, the visuals, seeing it suck up all those people from the, the show and seeing them go through and how you can't really see what's happening. And that kind of makes it more terrifying. Um, and it being choreographed from the beginning that like, here's the esophagus, like as the opening credits are rolling, you don't know what you're looking mm-hmm. at. It turns out it's the inside of this alien. Um, that's cool. I love all that stuff. But again, a lot of the rest is just, just doesn't work. And I like your, your kind of, um, understanding of the film as kind of seeing it through the lens of like the crew members, the more mm-hmm. underappreciated people in cast or on the set, which I, I like that interpretation. I think that does elevate the film for me in a little bit but again doesn't make it less boring at parts (laughs) and doesn't make the characters any more interesting than they were um just steven yoon dying halfway through the movie just hurt it too that did hurt um but yeah um I don't know. I guess for me, I a lot of those things didn't bother me as much. Even the pacing, like it was slow at first, but I think as the movie went on, I kind of forgave it more because I liked where it went. Um, so I felt kind of the journey was worth it. Um, I, I really the other scene that I really like, uh, in addition to like the chimp stuff, I think the best horror outside of the chimp stuff is like the end of the second act where it's like the house and the, the blood is like falling on the house. And that's great. That should yeah. be the climax or, or it, close to it. It kind of felt like it was, but I knew it wasn't cause we hadn't seen like the, the, the UFO. We hadn't seen the, I knew it wasn't either cause we hadn't seen the part with all the inflatable sales guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, maybe if you had, like, rearranged the movie, you could, like, put that in the movie after the whole them trying to film it and then or something, try to maneuver it that yeah, way. And then it, it would have been It makes more sense because it's like they reset. It's like, okay, so the end of Act 2, they're just trying to survive. Then they go mm-hmm. back to trying to film it to going back to just trying to survive. So it makes more yeah. sense if, okay, let's have this whole elaborate ruse to get to film it. Oh, crap. Now we just need to survive. Now we try to survive yeah. and we got to kill this thing. That seems and like it, a more I mean, natural progression than going, you know, switching gears multiple times. <laughs> and the tension there was pretty high. Like, it, you didn't, we didn't know the full extent to what this creature could do. And Daniel Kaluuya is just out on his own, like, in the middle of the, all of this happening. And uh, and then the house is, is, it's clearly just over the house, like, throwing up blood and stuff on top of it. It's, it was pretty tense. Um, some also some very cool image just visuals there especially with the bloody house and the storm and everything um liked that a lot i don't understand how daniel kaluuya's character understood it was not a spaceship and it was an animal yeah that's the that was like the job like because there is a part where he is like well maybe it's not a spaceship he says that earlier i'm like because i was like what else would it be (laughs) and then it didn't occur to me that it was the alien itself um but okay, you don't look it in the eyes. Okay, well, it doesn't look like it has eyes. 
Um, but okay, you don't look at it, and since it doesn't attack me when I'm not looking at it, must that must mean it's an animal or something? It just really, it seemed like a leap. I'm like I don't know how he knew that. I must I unless liked, I missed something. I like that aspect of the movie. I don't even mind the leap for that specific part with the the not looking at it. Fine, whatever. It, but I felt like that was inconsistent too as the movie went on. Like yeah. I feel like there were certain parts where they would look at the alien and it wouldn't just like. Not that it would not like, you know, you look at a horse and it immediately comes stampeding towards you or anything. But I just feel like there were certain instances where they were close enough. They looked at the alien. The alien just didn't seem to care at all. I don't know. I think it was funny that uh, the dad at the beginning dies from like the coin going through his head. It's like Jordan Peele, like <laughs> or that, you know, if you throw a penny off the Empire State Building, it could kill somebody or whatever, and, you know, that. <laughs> Yeah. legend is um you know him falling off the horse reminded me of me falling off a horse that's about what it looked like i was <laughs> going maybe a mile or two faster than did, that did you also get a coin to the head is i did not happened? get a coin to head i was wearing a helmet thank goodness <laughs> um one of the other things I want to mention before we move on is I, I, I like the subversions from the trailer, too. Like you mentioned the um, the woman. Do you think that she's maybe an alien or something? She's not. I The scene with the, the kids in the barn or whatever, I was kind of creepy. Wasn't sure exactly what was happening there, but that was a cool subversion, too. I didn't. I guess I didn't see that part of the trailer. Okay. Yeah. There's uh, that part frustrated me. I was like, because okay. nothing really that interesting had happened to that point in the movie. Okay. And then it's just a ruse by okay. Ricky's kids. And I'm like, oh, why? Because <laughs> he stole one of their decoys? Okay. I, I don't. That seemed like a leap for me. And sure. it was just like, oh, it's, see, it's not those types of aliens. Like, okay, God forbid something interesting happened in this movie. And then shortly after that, you get the chimp scene. So then all is forgiven. But Yeah, and... Uh, there is a creepy shot and one of the shots from that from that scene is in the trailer and I thought it was one of the more creepy scenes from that trailer but I personally liked the subversion of that and then there's also the the TMZ reporter guy or whatever who just gets killed yeah um, that was like him when he was like oh, I need to get my camera get me my camera and he's like clearly just completely but broken several bones in his body i'm like this is a caricature again yeah like this person would be like screw this i just need to get out of here get help and where's my camera (laughs) i can't see without my camera (laughs) so yeah i think that's how that wraps up my thoughts though hold unless you have anything to add here well i think i'm good all right sweet then what are you doing what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, uh, it has been about a week and a half since we last recorded, and for... Or is it a week and a half? Or has it been longer than that? I think it's been two weeks, about. Okay. Um, For a week of that, I was also on vacation, so I didn't get a ton of of movie watching and despite the length of time um however let's i did watch i did re-watch both beavis and butthead movies because i showed it to my showed them to my brother both very funny i mean i just watched them so it's not like they've really changed my mind too much <laughs> um but um i did i did finish uh, miss marvel 
as I kind of mentioned earlier, I think it ends. I think it it kind of lost a bit in the fourth or fifth episode, and I think it got better in the last. And I think part of that is the direction. Honestly, I was looking at it. The whole the entire show is directed by two groups of people, and all of the episodes that were directed by the first episodes directors, I thought were really pretty good. And the last episode was. And then the other ones that were directed by the other person, I just thought were so like uninteresting and bland. Huh. Um, and I think part of that is I think they committed more to the visual style with their episodes. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much of that was them or just coincidence. But yeah, um, I also I think I, I don't think I talked about this since. Yeah, I definitely hadn't. I watched on Paramount Plus Jerry and Marge go large. Um, I have not heard of this. Okay, it's a new movie starring Brian Cranston and Annette Benning, and it's apparently based on a true story of two old people who basically learn how to exploit the lottery and like just win millions of dollars. Huh. Um, and it, <laughs> it's as a movie, it's okay. It's probably just it's very like fine movie like there's nothing particularly wrong with it i think it's an interesting story good performances but there's nothing particularly interesting like in terms of visual or anything on the technical side um but it kind of feels like what walter white would have done if he didn't have such an ego like he's (laughs) he's this very smart guy and but like jerry's a lot more selfish self selfless He's like trying to like put his money towards his community and everything, and he's raking in all this money through that. And um, but yeah, I enjoyable movie. That's there are worse ways to kill an hour and a half. That's what all. That's a glowing recommendation for me. Halloween uh, kills. What? Halloween kills is a Halloween. lot worse of a way to kill an hour and a half yeah, or whatever yeah, how long is. that movie is. It's probably about an hour and a half. The other big movie I watched was the Bob's Burgers movie um because my parents wanted to watch it and, and so i was like yeah okay i'm just mildly interested um i <laughs> i thought it was kind of a slog if i'm going to be honest um which is kind of disappointing i i used to really like bob's burgers um especially in high school and occasionally i'll see bits that i i think are pretty funny but i just i don't think it works as a movie i think it works a lot better as a half hour show um and yeah, I don't know. It was even though it was only an hour and a half, hour forty. I felt like it drug on for quite a while. Not that it wasn't there weren't funny bits, but as far as the animated shows made into movies camp, uh, it was probably bottom of the bottom of the list for me. It's no wow. Simpsons movie, no South Park, no Rugrats. Like I'm not sure I've ever seen the Rugrats movie. Found out that was the first movie I ever went to. Okay. There was a so ticket stub and a baby book that I have. I don't know how it compares to the Rugrats movie, I guess, but um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think there are two Rugrats movies. So Yeah, there's one where they go to Paris. Yeah, I was gonna say the second I one remember, they go to Paris. I remember seeing the VHS uh ads for that on my old copy. I don't know what that was on, but <laughs> something I watched. Um but yeah and then in terms of tv um i obviously have caught up on better call saul so 
now I'm kind of split between I'm rewatching Harley Quinn since the new season of that's finally coming out. So I'm going to rewatch. And there's a lot of things I forgot. I kind of thought I was going to be watching this and laugh at the jokes, but everything is just predictable. But well, there's a lot of things I forgot about it. And how many episodes? Uh, third is it 13 episode seasons? There's two seasons, but they're only like 20 minutes each. Okay. And the third season's coming out? Yes. All right. Yeah. And I think those are airing weekly, but um, yeah, uh, very. I'm enjoying that a lot. And then the other show that I had started before I started Harley Quinn, and I'll keep going, is I started Last Man on Earth, um, which is from like almost 10 years ago at this point. I don't know if you ever knew about I've heard it. of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Will Forte and... Yep and a bunch of other comedians in it. Um, but it was apparently created by Lord and Miller. I didn't realize that. And they have directed quite a, and written quite a few episodes thus far, but I've watched the first season of it. It's pretty funny. It's a interesting take to just have a straight up comedy in this apocalyptic world. (laughs) (laughs) Really no horror elements of any kind or anything. It's, it is just, it's pretty entertaining. Uh, nice. But yeah. And then, um, games i've just i haven't really played anything over the last week while i was gone but aside from that it's been ghost of tsushima very nice you on the second island yet yeah okay very good yeah 100 percent of the first island oh yeah that's the way i did it 100 percent of them as i went yeah what about you jimmy what have you been doing well like i said holden rewatched better or excuse me breaking bad to completion including el camino the breaking bad movie mm-hmm. very good i actually thought everybody talks about ozymandias being or ozymandias i don't know how to say it ozymandias yeah ozymandias being the best episode i actually thought that to hajali the episode before that was my favorite i think upon rewatch okay. of the show um because, yeah, all the stuff goes down in Ozymandias, but I thought the, the setup was actually more interesting. Okay. Um, for whatever reason. Uh, although that whole final season is just so strong across yeah. the board. Incredible. <laughs> and I had could not believe how much I forgot. Um, yeah, that's how I was, too. Very good. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad in a while, perfect time to watch it with Better Call Saul coming to an end as well. Shout out to Logan Sutter, who is uh, watching Breaking Bad for the first time right now. Wow, what a time to be yeah. alive. So don't spoil anything. I will not spoil <laughs> anything, Holden. Other yeah. than that is very good. Um, <laughs> man, when Mike Aaron Trout throws a pineapple and kills a pedestrian. That was, yeah, it was a pretty wild controversial stuff. scene on yes. Vince Gilligan's part, but... <laughs> Um, not sure that Walter White needed to go on a 30 minute racist rant in the middle of Ozymandias <laughs> I don't know why people consider that the best episode apparently that was just Brian Cranston <laughs> no he seems like a very nice guy Brian Cranston um, otherwise Emily and I started watching this show called McMillions I think I may have talked about it yeah in the other did. episode we watched a few more episodes there's six total we got through four and I think it just kind of ran out of steam for us really um, episodes just felt too long and it wasn't that and they got more into like oh this is this person's whole backstory who's somewhat involved with the thing and i'm like i don't i don't know so we quit watching it so i don't know some people are still like it a lot i I don't think it's worth watching really um maybe worth a google or a shorter (laughs) youtube documentary 
Um, instead, though, we stumbled on a Netflix show called How to Build a Sex Room. Wow. Um, I'm telling you, this is going to be the next trending thing on Netflix. This show, if you have, if you like HGTV, if you're interested in <laughs> oh what God. people might build in their sex rooms, this show getting some ideas, was, Jimmy. Must have, oh yeah, Holden. <laughs> you might see a few swings in the apartment next time you come by. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, this show fascinating, and the host is incredible. And just, it's this lady who is like this designer, and she just designed like rooms. Um, interior designer but then she just found out that sex rooms were the most fun to design and she's like this british person with this amazing personality she's hilarious and like completely just genuine Mm -hmm. and then her contractor who she likes to work with too is this guy and their chemistry is fantastic and then of course you have the people who want this and are willing to be on a tv show Mm-hmm. And talk about all the things they like to do and all this stuff and all their all the stuff they're into. Wild. Eight episodes, they're about forty a pop. It is it's came out like two weeks ago. I'm telling you, this thing will be trending. And if it's mm-hmm. not, uh hidden gem on Netflix. If you, you know, are of the <laughs> age where that would be appropriate to watch something that like that. Yeah, Logan, you can't watch it. All right, Logan, stick to breaking bad. Your little, <laughs> you know, your rated G stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, anywho, I think that's it, though. Gaming-wise, I did play a little bit of Red Dead Redemption because when I was in Yellowstone, I felt like I was in Red Dead Redemption, especially I was on when I was on that horse and when I fell off the horse. <laughs> <laughs> it felt very much like Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> um, otherwise, I oh, I finished Shadow of War, the game. How was it? Uh, it was very good. I really liked it. I thought the stories actually wraps up pretty interestingly. The, originally, this epilogue thing, you had to play through these things a bunch of times. They cut that way down so it's not nearly as grindy. Um, I think I finished the whole game in like 25 hours. Okay. I didn't do some of the side stuff that I thought was just not interesting or not worth the reward you get for it. So I would just say plow through the main story of that sucker and the main side quest and you're good to go and it's fun you can call a dragon and ride the dragon and kill a bunch of orcs and dragons are your favorite creature yeah logical creature they are i'll stand by that statement uh speaking of there was a new house of the dragon trailer looks very good give it a broke guy here totally (laughs) forgot about that um yeah, and that's also starting the week after Better Call Saul, and so perfect timing. Incredible. Um, otherwise, I think that's it, Holden, so you can take us home. I do want to just quickly mention that apparently that Resident Evil show is really bad. <laughs> that's what I have heard. <laughs> I'm, like, morbidly curious because the, se- like, the things I've seen about it seem really funny. It was, so, like, trending number one new show. It was, like, yeah. number one show on Netflix. So I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I might check that out soon at some point. But anyway. Maybe we could watch it together. Yeah, we could review it on the podcast. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like the first two episodes or something. I don't know. We got plenty of stuff, maybe. Maybe yeah. a, a, a gap week coming up. So next week, um, we have we will be doing, obviously, Better Call Saul episode 10? 10. Okay. Um, and then 
maybe the Gray Man, maybe Marcel the Shell, maybe both. Who knows? Um, I don't really want to see DC Super Pets. Uh, that comes out this week, and I don't really care. No, we can skip that one, I think, unless it's, like, amazing. Yeah, unless it's really good, then maybe we'll go see it. But I don't really have any desire. Um, but, yeah. Um, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by... Uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tauntpodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, give us those five-star reviews because we, we had that one person give us a one-star review, so we're, we're still sitting at that 4.9. Yeah. So come Give on. us more five-star reviews so then that one star becomes obsolete and we get back up to five, which happens yeah. after, like, I don't know, a lot more reviews than we have. <laughs> so bring it on. It's... It's happened with Ozymandias on IMDb. It's at a 10, even though it clearly did not just all receive 10s. <laughs> so, <laughs> just goes to show. Yes, just goes to show. Uh, yeah, again, catch up on Better Call Saul so you can listen to that with us. Review that with us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, review it with us. <laughs> come on the show. Uh, Be our first otherwise, guest. Yeah, that's that's it. Holden, we can wrap it up. We'll we'll talk at okay. you again next week, and I will say, adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs>